Take a deeper lesson with KEXP every Tuesday. I'm your host, Emily Fox, bringing you intimate conversations with the artists you love and new ones you'll discover along the way. Our family, they're getting older, you know? I mean, our music is us processing life. A lot on this record is about how grief is not a punishment, it's an act of love. Every musician is on this journey to get to the essence of what music is and what music means. Join us for a deeper listen wherever you find your podcasts. Just search for KEXP. All right, we're live on KEXP at home. I'm proud to present The Weather Station. I'm talking to Tamara Lindemann from The Weather Station right now. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, we're talking to you uh, not long after the release of your fantastic record, Ignorance. That record kind of represents a, a, a big change sound-wise for you. What kind of sparked that? Um, so many things. I mean, I think... I think like good and bad things, you know, on the one hand, it was just the, you know, a, a vision kind of came to mind of, of a sonic palette that would fit what the songs wanted to be. Um, and I feel like it does a really nice thing of touching on some genres while like bending them slightly, which is always my mm. favorite thing to do. But, mm. um, you know, and then the other side of it, I think was just... I, I feel like I'm always trying to outrun myself. And when I've learned to do something, you know, when I've done something before, I struggle to do it again, you know? So I, I think it mm. was in part also this just needing to, feeling like I'd reached the end of a corridor and I needed to turn. So ignorance, um, it, the subtext of it is all about climate change and mm. climate grief. Um, I'm curious... Did you kind of grow up with that consciousness? Yeah, I did, actually. I think uh, maybe my parents were a bit ahead of their time in that they definitely talked to me about it when I was a very small child. And it was very mm -hmm. intense um, to, to take that in as a, as a small kid. But I think like a lot of people, um, you know, for chunks of my life, many people my in my generation, for chunks of my life, I've been trying not to think about it or not thought about mm. it or trying to set it aside, you know, because I think it's such a strange reality to try to understand. And, and a lot of the way that our culture is predicated on the idea of abundance and, and wealth and, and everything in the future will be better than it is in the past, right? And, and the reality of the climate crisis flies in the face of all of that. So I think what I started to experience was almost that cognitive dissonance of like, I'm told to think ahead and I'm told that the future will be better, but yet I know, you know, this dissonance of that that's against the science. So for me, I think this record encapsulates the moment where I just broke that barrier in terms of understanding what it really means and taking in the reality of it in this, in this different way than I had, which doesn't mean that I wasn't aware of climate change and I wasn't you know, I didn't know that it was real and it exists, but sure. I think it is a very different thing when you actually come to understand it and realize, yeah, that a lot of what you've been taught about what your future will be and what your life will be um, and what the meaning of our existence is, is, is wrong, essentially. I don't think I've encapsulated any of that in the record, but that's where I was, if, if you're asking. Sure. I mean, that's a, that's a big ask that you encapsulate all that in, in, in a work. <laughs> Um, I read that, that one of the things that kind of triggered this motif was reading that, uh, the report on climate change. I wondered if you would talk about that. 
Yeah, I mean, I think in fall of 2018, the IPCC report on you know 1.5 versus two degrees, like the difference of what what that means. Um, mm-hmm. That that was in the news, and and I had gotten in a habit of not reading the news about climate change because it's too scary to click on that link, you know, with the dire mm-hmm. headline. Um, and for some reason, yeah, that fall, I just I just started actually reading about it, and you know, that report obviously had a huge impact on the world. And and what I find so interesting about it is it just really breaks down into numbers, you know, which are estimates. And if you read it, they're very scientific about like, this is something we're confident of. This is something we have medium confidence. But even, but w- when you break down what those numbers actually mean, it's like literally, you know, this is the story of what my life will be. You know, this is mm-hmm. to the year, you know, this is, this is the reality yeah. of where we are. And I think, that was part of what made it such a intense document. And I think too, understanding like how bad two degrees is, for example, and realizing that that's actually like the low, that's like in some ways the best case scenario, you know, like mm-hmm. understanding like, cause I think when you're younger, you have a sense of like climate change is like a binary. It's like either going to happen or it's not going to happen, but actually it's, it's a slippery slope and actually understanding like the consequences of every rung on that mm-hmm. ladder is a very it's a very strange experience yeah well i think it's uh, amazing that you took all that and made a record that uh, achieves such tenderness and intimacy and like it's it's not a didactic meditation on any of this it's very personal mm-hmm. um what do you say let's get into some of this fantastic session sure. you recorded sure yeah. all right let's do it we're live on kxp at home the weather station.
we're live on KXP at home with the weather station, talking to Tamara Lindemann from the weather station. Um, I was floored when I first heard your song, Parking Lot. Mm. Um, I'm wondering if you would talk about the experience that sparked that song. Um, you know, I mean, it's one of many small experiences. I, I was touring a lot through 2017, 2018, and I, I found that I formed this funny connection to birds, um, mm-hmm. in part because everywhere you go, there are birds. And you see them from the highway, you see them from the gas station, you see them when you're waiting outside the club. And I found that I could, I could be somewhere, you know, I could be jet lagged somewhere. And, and if I could, if I saw a bird, sometimes I could like enter the bird's perspective. Not that I know, but just to see a city from a bird's eye is, is very different. And to think about how they move through space and then thinking Mm -hmm. too about how they sing, you know, they, they literally sing all day. And so, yeah, when I, when I wrote those words, I don't think I was trying to express something or I knew what I was doing. I just, I wrote those words and they felt kind of, you know, right to me. And Mm -hmm. so I made that the song, but, you know, I think if I was to give myself more credit, I would say, you know, I was, maybe I was trying to express something about, about, you know, about the grief of, Entering, you know, thinking about the non-human life and that distance and and the way that it's threatened and the way that, you know, that that the threat is the same. You know, it's maybe that would be the bigger interpretation. But when I wrote the song, I really was just thinking about the feeling of being burned out and looking at a bird in a parking lot. Uh, Mm. Yeah, I do some 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 teaching of songwriting a little bit with people Mm -hmm. sometimes in. uh, it's almost always my advice is the more you can find one small moment, you know, songs are very small. There's not many words in a song. Yeah. And, and the, what makes a song powerful is, is the, is the marriage of, of a couple words to, to music and, and to, to a listener. And, and it's more like the, this, I feel like I was learning to do that. I've been learning to do that my whole life writing songs, but the, the more I can, you know, when I, when I find a small moment, that's always the best. Absolutely. And that puts in mind so many, I mean, other songs have used great bird motifs. I think of like <laughs> Sparrow by Marvin Gaye, Three, Three Little Birds, Bob Marley. Uh, but <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, uh, Bluebird. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's so many, you could riff all day on that. Blackbird, yeah. Um, yeah, totally. Um, but of course, the title of it, Parking Lot, and you're talking about that, that put me immediately in mind of Joni. I'm sure you've seen that name a lot in writings about you and you teach songwriting who are some of the songwriters that like really kind of forged your your craft I mean you know I feel I feel fairly formed by Leonard Cohen you know and Mm. and Bob Dylan you know you can't you can't escape them but also why would you want to you know they they truly are so important and, and I've learned so much from each of them in different ways you know they're kind of like they feel like you know, the grandfathers in a way, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, in that they invented, you know, I think that not that they invented something cause I'm sure it existed before then, but I think in a way they were the first in the public consciousness to push the boundaries of what a song could be, you know, cause I think in the mm-hmm. past before them, you know, people were using songwriting about love and, and God. I mean, 
Uh, mm-hmm. Those were the sort of allowed topics within popular song. And I think people were using those topics to express a lot of very deep and complex things. But, you know, Bob Dylan uh, just, you know, broke that in terms of what you could put in a song. So, you know, a lot of people that I've been really influenced by are honestly the songwriters that live in Toronto and that I know personally, mm-hmm. um, people like Sandro Perry, Ryan Driver, Jennifer Castle, Steve Lamke, like, you know, my, my mentors in a way are people I know who maybe aren't known to the broader mm-hmm. world, but I think we're all sort of the grandchildren of, of, of those two, um, Though it's it's nice too to it's nice to have all the history of music before you in the way that we do in the modern world and to find you know like I recently started listening to Judy Sill and I was like oh I'm mm. I'm the granddaughter of Judy Sill too I just didn't I didn't know I hadn't heard her and um, you know Bill Callahan's been a big influence on me in my life mm-hmm. um, I've been thinking a lot I mean this is only going to be relevant to Canadians but there's this band called the Tragically Hip that like oh uh, yeah. Oh man! <laughs> Anytime like, I I've up, <laughs> been to Canada, somebody is telling me about the hip. That's somebody's many talking times. about it. it's because like they were just, you know, I grew up in rural Ontario and in high school, you know, tragically hip was just ubiquitous. It was the music that was around me, and it's sort of like a bar rock band. But Gord Downey, the lead singer, um, he wrote these crazy like stream of consciousness poetry lyrics and yet they were the most popular like arena band in Canada mm. and all the like hockey guys listened to them and I listened to them too and it, and I've been thinking lately about how that's pushed me on a path of of always thinking that lyrics were important and always thinking that mm. lyrics could say so much more than than yeah I I love you and and I I'm hurt you know like these sort of classic themes so sure yeah Gord Downey feels like a a grandfather too right on <laughs> yeah I love the, the the hip name check. Um, I've definitely had that conversation many times. Um, yeah, you know, of course, with um, with COVID, everybody, including us, we've had to pivot in terms of how we come together and how we present music. Um, and obviously, touring has disappeared. But now we're getting to the point where we're having to think about how we're going to do it mm. in the future. Um, where are you at on that? Especially when, um, you know, your, your impact on the environment is such a huge part of the record. Yeah. I mean, I feel conflicted. I feel in a way sort of a beautiful blessing of like, it's, it's strange to say, I feel lucky that this came, you know, that this came out during COVID, but there is a way in which I've been really I found it really heartening to see that recorded music could still have an impact and could still be talked about even without, you know, the flying and the driving. Um, yeah. And and I've really enjoyed feeling like it wasn't my physical self that was impacting how people saw the music. It was like my words, you know, I could just mm-hmm. put words out in the world and people could experience those. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would love to play shows again. I miss it. You know, I miss playing with a band. My hope for the future of touring is that we look back on 2019 as like the the gilded era, you know, the era mm. where we took it all mm-hmm. a little too far and we can rein it back just a little bit and, and be a bit more quality over quantity, mm-hmm. respect it a bit more. You know, we, we had gotten to a point where every band was touring all the time and I don't think that was good for audiences. 
I don't think that was good for bands and I don't think it was good for the world. So mm. my hope is that we can take live music more seriously and value it higher and make it more rare um, in a way that sustains all the people that, of course, are sustained by it. I don't know if that's possible. Um, you know, and of course, I hope also for electric fans and all that stuff that they're working on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think I feel like the live experience was really devalued by the quantity. And mm. I just hope that, you know, it's always difficult as the artist to fight the battle against what the normal thing to do is. And, you know, I hope we can all take it a bit more seriously because it does have an impact, of course. Well, there's so much good intention um, that's a part of the record. Mm-hmm. And uh, really appreciate all you put into it. Um, what do you say we get into the rest of the session? Yeah. The Weather Station live on KXP at home. Try and pull apart the endless. 
got in the car in the cold Metallic scent of snow Caught in my throat as I reached out to turn on the radio The unfamiliar songs The voices sing of love I wanted to dance and to sing the rhythm of the road was over where the snow piled high in all the ditches I drove as though I did not understand all the divisions the yellow lights and the highway signs and the order they
And we're live on KEXP at home with the Weather Station, talking to Tamara Lindemann from the Weather Station. Thank you so much for that fantastic session. Um, with the, the themes of the record, I know you've done um, some, some real-life activism. Um, I'm curious if there's any organizations or, or any um, uh, resources you would want to point people towards in terms of climate um, consciousness. I feel like a lot of people, when they first start paying attention, the first thing they want to do is is just deal with the the, the anxiety of it. And so a lot of people sort yeah. of find an ideology that takes away mm. the anxiety. Like, mm. you know, a lot of people become obsessed with various solutions. And the problem with climate change is that it affects everything and everything is the solution. It's a, it's a very deep, complex problem. Mm. And so... Yeah, I hope that if you're getting into reading about it, you, you know, make sure to read from many sources and be thoughtful of the news you take in because there's a lot of bad information. And uh, For sure. I'm curious, you, you touched on something really, really important. I'm curious with um, all the themes and all the research into this. Um, has it left you with any kind of hopelessness, anxiety? How are you dealing with that? Because it didn't feel like this was a cynical or dejected record at all it felt hopeful yeah i mean i'm not hopeful when it comes to the math you know like i, I sure. the math is better than it was two years ago which is great mm-hmm. there's been a lot of shift and a lot of change um you know but the math even at its best is still fairly frightening um but i do feel hopeful in terms of for all of the pain that covid has caused i think it is reminded you know, our wealthy Western world of our own fragility, which I think is, was the missing piece um, Mm. for people to understand that, you know, this will happen, this, this will affect us. You know, I think, I think we were the people around the world actually have greater climate consciousness than many of us in these wealthy Western countries have um, because Mm. it's affecting them. So I do have a certain amount of not hope, but but a certain amount of belief that that we might turn a corner fast enough because our values have started to change as a society i think which is which is cool and and i think that the way i feel about climate now is that maybe i moved through the the anxiety part or the grief part and now i'm into a part where engaging with it just feels like engaging with the most important things in my life. Like this, you know, this is the most important mm-hmm. thing. This is what matters the most. And so engaging with climate, you know, climate information or climate activism is just putting myself in touch with, with what matters. And uh, mm-hmm. so I think there's a light at the end of the climate grief tunnel in that way. Um, even though, as I say, the, the math is still, is still pretty, pretty difficult. Um Yeah. 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 But it's another good reason to move past, you know, the utopian thinking that I think we've lived Mm -hmm. in far too long as a society. Uh, Because I think if you understand, like, things are going to be broken and fragmented in our lives, things are going to be difficult. And and how do we, you know, actually, like, we can retain our humanity through that, you know, that's something we can hold on to in the way that we have in certain ways through, through through this time. And that's important to hear. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. And thank you, Tamara. Thank you um, 
and, and all the wonderful musicians for that great uh, session and for joining us on KEXP. Cool. Thanks so much. Absolutely. This has been Live on KXP at Home with the Weather Station. My name is Larry Mizell Jr. Thank you.